This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Whether you're moving in together for the first time. This can be your closet. Or you're a new parent to a little fur baby. Viva Paper Towels can help you maintain a clean home. They're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. So they clean like cloth, helping you pick up after your new pet in your new home. For an exceptional cloth-like clean, use Viva Towels. Visit vivatowels.com to learn more and start fresh with a clean feeling of home. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome to Talking Halos. This is Derek C. Apollo, my co-host, my partner in crime this afternoon. Evening, actually. It's evening. Afternoon for him, not for me. Jared Timms, we are here to take a look, a live look, at the 2020 LA Angels draft, an abbreviated draft as it is. Jared, how you doing, man? Not too bad. You know, I'm excited to be live. We can't make any mistakes. <laughs> how dare we make mistakes at this point? I know, right? Horrifyingly awful that we would make a mistake. Now we're all going to make mistakes. And they're going to cry in a corner and rock back and forth and wish this would all come to an end. And then it'll all end, sadly. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Anyways, so the main mission, the one that you prep for pretty much all year. I know how much you love your baseball, but especially getting into the minors, getting into the draft. This is your cup of tea. It's almost like your Christmas. And the rules were a bit different this year. We didn't I can't I can't believe we didn't, by the way, go over this in our preview podcast. I'm not sure what I was thinking, but we need to lay this out. This was not your standard Angels draft. This was not your standard MLB draft. What were the rules of this draft overall and how did it break down? Yeah, you know, it was just a five a five pick draft for everybody, or five rounds, I guess. It, different everybody had you know angels had four picks some teams had six seven picks um but yeah you know it's uh five rounds anybody who didn't get picked can sign for twenty thousand dollars after the fact a lot it'll probably be a lot of senior signs coming out of college that'll that'll be that and you know it the way the money works is players will get a hundred thousand dollars that sign straight up right now and then the rest of their bonuses whether it's spencer torkelson who's number one overall pick or whether it's adam Simoners, who the angels have already signed and we'll talk about in a little while who signed for one hundred and forty thousand dollars you know that everybody's going to get a hundred thousand dollars this year and then over the next two years i think is what i saw is everybody they're going to get allocated the rest of their slot money 
so it's yeah definitely a different pick it's almost kind of feels in a sense like a like an nfl draft in a, in a way i know you're the big nfl guy here i don't watch too much of the draft i watched like the first day like you know all the casual fans do but that's what it kind of felt like to me was you know we had one round and then you know another four rounds and just a lot of i guess i guess more well-known names you know we didn't see too many of guys that we were like wow surprise names in the top five rounds it was guys that teams were for sure in on and for sure you know they they wanted to make sure that these guys were the guys that they wanted especially with the draft being 35 rounds less this year so with this being a much shorter draft what were you able to point out in terms of strategies that teams went with you I mean a lot of times in a normal draft you'll see a bunch of prep kids going early you'll see teams worrying about how much money they can and can't spend are they signable? So on and so forth. In this term, with with a five round draft, some teams having six or seven picks, the Angels having four. What did you see shake out in terms of strategy? It was just a lot of teams making sure it was the guy that they wanted. You know, I mean, once you got there was a lot more actual prep guys or high school guys getting picked in the first round than a lot of us thought, and. It was it was kind of interesting, and then once you got into the second, third, I mean, definitely into the fourth, fifth round, it was a lot more college guys because of the fact that you know you high school guys were going to have to end up cutting deals there instead of going to college to sign for two hundred, three hundred, maybe four hundred thousand dollars when they can go to college and maybe be a you know first, second round pick two, three years down the road. So yeah, for a lot of teams, it was it wasn't really save money. I didn't see like. You didn't see a lot of the underslot, you know. I think the I, honestly, I think the Red Sox were the only team to really go underslot, and they went crazy underslot. Um, I for, can't remember the kid's name who they picked, but he was a kid out of uh, Southern California. Here he plays uh, Calabasas, I believe it was, and it, it was a complete like nobody. Everybody's like, "Whoa, what's going on here with this pick?" Like, and then they went and they picked Blaze Jordan, who I mean, probably the you know Bryce Harper name of this draft. Everybody knows who Blaze Jordan is. Um, is the kid who's hitting 600, 500 foot home runs, a 14 year old at Texas Rangers ballpark. And you know, that that's who they went and got in the second round. So, I mean, in, in a sense, it really wasn't a save money draft pick draft. Like a lot of people were, were really thinking. And, you know, even with the Red Sox making that one pick, it wasn't, you know, they don't have a whole lot of money to spend anyways. If you look at who they're paying and how much they're paying everybody, you know, it, it, it wasn't really a surprise that they went crazy under slot like that. I mean, yes, it was, but at the same time, you definitely could see it coming. But, yeah, a lot of teams didn't really do the, what they would have done in the past, you know, gone crazy under slot. They went with the guys who they for sure thought were going to be major leaguers and help the big league roster in, you know, in no time like the Angels did. So break this down. Four picks and five rounds to the Angels. They went for – as you point out, the most MLB-ready pitcher in the draft, at least believe-wise, starting pitcher. Who was it? Tell us about him. Yeah, Reed Detmers. Uh, he went 10th overall to the Angels. Not a surprise pick at all. It was a name that was thrown around by a lot of people. They figured that if Detmers was there, that was probably going to be the guy they were picking. I know there was talks about Robert Hassel, and he got picked a little bit before, and I was really hoping, I mean, fan side, the fan side of me was really hoping that Zach Veen fell to 10. He went 9 to the Rockies, 
Zach Levine was probably the best pick and best player in this draft. He'll be the, probably the best player in this draft, you know, it, besides the fact. But De- Detmers is, you know, super interesting. Some are saying that he might join the ball club, you know, this year is if he signs, assuming he does sign, which I would have to assume he does. Came out of Louisville. If you want to give a lazy, super lazy comp to him, you can give like Barry Zito at the high upside or Rich Hill or even like a Matthew Boyd or something like that. But I really think, in a name that was thrown my way, Tyler Skaggs is super in, like it's 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 a pretty good comp, you know, ninety to ninety two, maybe touching ninety four, ninety ninety four at most on the fastball. He throws a changeup that's average, you know, maybe a little bit above average at best, and then he has the big loopy curveball. I would love to see the metrics on it once he gets up and see you know the spin rate and everything on that. But you know, if, if I had to take a take a get, you know, if I had to really give a comp, I'm I'm not a good comp giver and. You know, people that talk to me know that. I I really have to say, you know, Tyler Skaggs on this comp, and I really like the pick. It's a safe pick, and it, you know, it's a pitcher, and it made the fans happy to see a pitcher get picked, and not you know, an athletic outfielder like the Angels have picked in the past in the first round. So you know, I I was totally fine with the first round pick. Now, if you, you know, and I don't like, to, I do not like to evaluate Tyler Skaggs at all. Okay, but. Since this seems to be the comparison here, who had the bigger upside? I mean, who? I mean, read from what you were able to see thus far compared to what we did see from Tyler up until we we lost him. Where does he compare upside wise? I think upside is pretty similar. I mean, Skaggs could have been a first round pick coming out of college. He, I think, went in the second or third round just because of money issues and signability concerns. Angels ended up getting him. I mean, Tyler Skaggs was really never a, a huge prospect name on any anybody's charts. When If you go back and look at him, I think he was maybe a top 10 prospect in the Diamondbacks organization, and he was probably a top 10 prospect in the Angels organization at one point. And, you know, it's going to be the same with Reed Detmers. You're going to get what you're going to get out of, out of him. I mean, it's going to be a, if you want to look at, you know, normal stats, a, a 3-5 to probably a 4-5 ERA, he's going to, you know, there's upside to strike out a lot. We saw it in college. In his college career, he struck out 248 guys and walked 84 guys in 191 innings. So the strikeout totals can possibly be there. He hides the ball well. You know, and it's it's if you want to compare them, I think they're pretty comparable coming out of, I mean, Skaggs was a high schooler. Um, Detmers is a college guy. But at the end of the day, I think they're pretty pretty dang similar at the big league level i mean you're not gonna you might push an all-star one or two years but you're gonna get a three four guy at best here and it's 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 a safe safe pick here so you know some folks may question that i mean just from what we see on social media especially it's your first round pick and you're gonna go for a guy who's seeing ceiling is a three four i would say it Safe three and four. I wouldn't say his ceiling's a three four. If you want to give him a ceiling, it's Barry Zito. I mean, I, I, I didn't. Barry Zito was young, was a younger me, so I don't know. I mean, Barry Zito was a good. If you look at his numbers, he won a Cy Young, and Tyler Skaggs had the stuff to win Cy, go out and win Cy Youngs. You know, he was Tyler Skaggs had the stuff to do it. He was just never a hundred percent healthy, unfortunately. Like we never saw a Tyler Skaggs year where. It was like, oh my gosh, this is it. We saw glimpses of him being great and being the guy, you know, the number two starter that we thought he could be, but it was never there because he wasn't healthy. I think that 
with Detmers, there is not, there isn't really a health concern there, not yet at least. I mean, everybody progresses differently, but I, as far as I'm, as far as I've heard, there's no real concern with Detmers' injuries history. So you know, it, I think that there is maybe a little bit more upside than what Tyler Skaggs does. Tyler Skaggs had, but at the end of the day, I think you know, putting a Tyler Skaggs comp on him and having a three-four starter and and adding it to the mix of Shohei Otani, uh, Griffin Canning. And, you know, anybody else that – Jose Suarez, Patrick Sandoval, whoever else you want to put in the mix, Chris Rodriguez even, you know, it's it's not a bad pick here at 10. It's a safe pick. I mean, at the very least, you have a pretty solid reliever too. All right, so moving forward, Angels don't have a pick in the second round. Third round, who's their guy? David Calabrese went 82nd overall to the Angels. Um, a lot of fans – I mean, when I kind of said something about it on Twitter, it was a – some fans had a little bit of an issue with it. It was like, well, why are we picking an outfielder again? Well, you know, you had to pick an out. You had to pick somebody, and Calabrese was the number one guy on their boards, and they really liked him. He's a high schooler out of St. Elizabeth Catholic High School in Canada. Um, he was committed to Arkansas. Fangraphs had him ranked at 73. MLB Pipeline had him ranked at 97. He's young. He was only 17, and he reclassified as a 2020 um, so that he could get drafted this year. So he graduated early. His biggest attribute here is going to be the speed. I saw some reports of him being an 80-grade speed. I asked somebody about him, and they said it was probably more of a 70 to 75-grade speed out of 80. But still, to get that type of speed in the third round is kind of you know there. If you really, really want to reach on a comp, you can say Andrew Benintendi comp. Uh, Stat-wise, I'd say Colt, um, Colton Wong. I could totally see him being a Colton Wong type of guy where he's really, really good defensively and it's going to be a league average hitter at best. Um, the power isn't there yet. He's only 5'11", but I think he still has a little bit of growing to do and he can add a little bit of muscle, being that he's only 160 pounds right now. And, you know, I think that he could probably be a 10 to 15 home run guy. And I'd say at the very least, and I gave this comp kind of right away, Reggie Willits. I mean, if mm-hmm. I had to really put a guy on him, um, a defender that can play all three outfielder positions, he's not going to have a great arm, but he has the speed, you know, and at very at very least, he's probably a four or five outfielder, and, you know, it's it's definitely interesting. And like I said, if you really want to dream on him, you can put an Andrew Benintendi comp on him, which is a not too bad of a comp to have. All right, so fourth round. Here we go. Next man up. Yes. Warner Blakely, I really, really, this was probably my favorite pick that the Angels made in this whole draft. I mean, you went safe with Detmers in the first round. You went Calabrese, who's in the sense, you know, speedy, athletic, safe pick in the second round. And then, Bill, or in the third round, should I say. And then Billy Eppler, you know, kind of went out and reached a little bit and found a guy named, like I said, Warner Blakely. 6'3", 180-pound shortstop. He still actually has a little bit of growing left to do. Um, the one negative thing I'll say is the arm I don't think is quite there to be a shortstop full-time. So you might see him move to second base or a corner outfielder spot. But the swing is super, super interesting. I love his swing. If you guys – I know we're a podcast here and I can't show you his swing. Go onto my onto my Twitter. Scroll down a little bit. I retweeted his swing. Beautiful swing. I, I love it. I think it's a I, – I, I don't even have a comp for it to be honest. But I really like the swing. It's, it's big. It's – it's powerful. It's a lot of bat speed. Um, he has very good control for a high schooler. I think there's going to be a little bit of a swing and miss issue there, unfortunately. But athletically, I think there's enough that he could possibly be, you know, 
a fourth infielder, outfielder type of thing again, who could, I mean, he could hit for some power. There isn't a lot of power there yet, but there is a chance that he hits for, you know, a decent amount of power. I mean, 15, maybe 20 home runs, just because I like the swing that much. Um, Like I said, also athletic too. He's quite a good athlete. Um, He ran a 6.8660, which is above average. And, you know, I think that the package is there. Like I said, the swing is something you can really dream on. It's a a nice looking swing from the left side. Now, everything you've said thus far for these first three picks, and I'm guessing the last pick as well, there are no, in your at least from what I'm gathering from you, there are no real stars. No, I think that I mean, in my opinion, the the guy who could be the biggest biggest star is probably going to be Werner Blakely, and I think that that's a reach as well. I mean, like I said, if you want to put Tyler Skaggs comp on Reed Detmers, you can, and I think that you know there's upside there to be even better than Tyler Skaggs. If you want to put an Andrew Benintendi comp on. Uh, David Calabrese, you can. I don't think it's quite there unless some power comes along. Um, but the size is the same. They're both going to Arkansas, so the Ar- Arkansas saw something that was really similar to Benintendi. And then I, I like I said, I I can dream on the the Werner Blakely um, swing. I think it's a beautiful swing. I think the size is there. He is athletic. He's physical. He can put on a little bit more weight and become a you know a decent you know a pretty decent major league baseball player. But, yeah, as far as stars go, I don't think you're really going to see it. I think the Angels kind of played it pretty safe, and I think they did well with how safe they played it. Now, Adam Seminaris, you know. Again, safe. Safe. He's actually funny. He's already signed with the Angels, $140,000. I think I said that earlier, but he's already signed. Again, another safe pick. He's not going to overpower anybody. He hides the ball well, throws across his body. He's 80 to 80, um, 80 to 90, tops out at 93 is what I saw in some reports. Good command. He's got a he's got a changeup. Uh, actually, his changeup is what they're calling his best pitch. I, I I totally see it. It's a beautiful Bugs Bunny changeup. Goes away from a you know flies away from a righty. Comes in on a comes in on a lefty. Um, has the curveball that he he can push over for a strike. He has a slider. So I mean, if he can um, make you know a curveball or slider into another plus pitch, you could be a a five, maybe six starter at the major league level. And again, those are all your those are your bare minimums, or are these your yeah. maximums. I mean, with Simonaris, I think a five six guy is what you're going to probably get out of him. Maybe a triple A guy at best coming out of the fifth round. But I think the Angels got four guys here that could be impactful major league players at you know at, at some point in their career and i think that with seminaries he can move pretty quickly i think that there's there's some similarities there to detmers i don't think the stuff is the same as detmers but when you look at how polished he is i think it's you know i wouldn't say it's close to detmers but i think that it's quickly movable you know as maybe a guy like garrett stallings who would have been in high a this year and possibly pushing his way to double a this year as well um, you could totally see that as Seminaris being in Double A as early as next year, pushing Triple A. And you mean, I mean, you just never know if you see a spike in a fat or you see a spike in the fastball velocity. It's something that you know could pick up. And he's also a hometown guy here in Anaheim, so that's that's another plus thing there. How would you rank the Angels' draft in comparison with everybody else? I mean, middle of the road. You know, it, there there are some pick, there are some teams that I didn't think had very good drafts, and there were some teams that I was like, wow, they had some really good drafts. A lot of the teams that I had thought had good drafts, though, had six, seven picks. I mean, the Cardinals, the Giants, they both had seven picks, and I thought they really did well with all seven of those picks. Um, the Angels only had four picks, and I think they really did well with those four picks. I mean, 
they didn't do what the Red Sox did, um, which I think the Red Sox had one of the worst drafts. The Astros, I didn't think, had a great draft. The Rangers had an okay draft. If you want to look at the West, um, the Mariners had a pretty dang good draft. Pretty, I, I'd say it's actually pretty similar to the Angels, I'd say. And you look at, uh, who am I missing? Oakland. I didn't think Oakland had a very good draft either. So when you look at the West, I think that the Angels might have might have been the best team in the West with this draft. And I'm not saying that just because I'm I'm high on all these guys and I, I really like them, but you know, it, it, I wasn't a huge fan of what the other teams in the West did. We mentioned your typical Billy Apple draft. What makes this a typical Billy Apple draft? I mean, you look, it, um, they went athletes. They went guys who are, they they actually, they went with technically, I guess, if you want to call them two athletes in Calabrese and Blakely. Um, Blakely was a big physical guy. The Angels have gone big physical before. Um, 6'3", is going to add some, like I said, he's going to add some weight there. Um, they're going to hope that Calabrese maybe adds a couple inches and maybe some some LBs on there. Um, and then you go with a couple pitchers that are going to be safe. You know, They went with Garrett Stalling. That name just keeps popping into my head because it was a safe pick out of a big college. Detmer is a safe pick out of a big college. Um, Adam Seminaris isn't a huge college, but it, I mean, when you're talking about Long Beach State, it's has the tendency to be one of the powerhouses in in the uh, Big West. I know they had a they had a rough year two years ago, but this year they were off to a, a pretty hot start. Okay, so now that's over. There were a few other things going on. The big one is the the counter proposal. And that just came out today that the MLBPA rejected the latest proposal for 2020 season. So now we just wait, apparently. So we're going to get to that later this weekend, Monday maybe. Sorry, not now, maybe Monday. We want to totally devote this as it is to the draft. But keep us in your record. Right now, the Major Baseball Association, earlier today, we now know, did reject the latest proposal from MLB. We'll find out. Man, we'll find out whatever MLB is going to do. They, I think that uh, that one's going to be interesting. Any closing thoughts overall in the draft, Jared, or anything else going on in baseball-wise that you want to address before we get out of here? No, I mean, it was nice to have the MLB draft and talk some actual baseball for you know those two days, three days. I mean, I guess now that we've been kind of talking about it. Um, I'm excited to see what these guys do. Here and I'm excited to see what they do with Detmers. That's going to be the big story there. Um, see maybe if Detmers finds his way to the major leagues this year, as long as they have a season, I could totally see that happening. All right. And in the end, it's still different. I mean, we're used to these teams drafting 30, 40 players. And has got four today. Four. Oh, you know what? Shoot. Before we roll, I gotta ask you, Jared. Who do you think will be on their radar for anybody who's out there set free because there wasn't a 40, 40 round draft this year? If I had to pick one guy and only one guy, it would be Kevin Abel. I don't know if he signs or not, um, but if I had to pick, you know, a guy that you know, I I had Calabrese on my radar or with my original look through prospects. I was like. I was thinking that he was going to be a second rounder and the Angels might not be able to get him, but Calabrese kind of fell to them, fell in their lap in a sense. They couldn't really pass up on him. Um, Yeah, if I had to pick one guy, I'd say Kevin Abel out of Oregon State. I don't think he'd be a senior sign. I think he's a junior sign, so you might see him go back and play his last year at Oregon State and maybe try to win another title there at that powerhouse. I mean, I'm a huge fan of Kevin Abel. 
I, I love what he does. I think that, you know, it's the it's the total package. The only thing is that he's had injuries. He has had Tommy John before. Um, if you're worried about Tommy John, I don't think he's ever had shoulder issues, which is another plus. But if you're worried about Tommy John, he has had that. Um, some of you might say, oh, hey, Jared, he fits right into the Angels mix. And I totally agree with you. I think that there's a lot of upside there. Um, I just think that if he stays healthy, he could be a, you know, a pretty solid major league arm. So, And the, I think I believe it's his brother got drafted in the first round out of high school this year. I think that's who it was. I, I could be totally wrong. I could just be saying that because they have the same last name. But I'm pretty sure Kevin Abella and Mick Abella brothers. All right. All right, folks. So this was a short showy one. Make sure we got back to you about the draft. We hope you enjoyed it. Hopefully we're actually having baseball podcasts soon. Hopefully these two sides can really kind of get their heads out of their rear. There are some other news as well about um, admissions about cheating and so on and so forth we got to get to. So there's more baseball to come, more things for us to talk about, and we will be talking about them this week. In the meantime, follow Jared on Twitter at Jared underscore Tim. You can follow me on Twitter at DC Paul. You can follow the entire Talking Halos podcast at Talking Halos on Twitter. We're also available on Facebook with the Talking Halos group and the Talking Halos overall page. We hope that you have given us that five-star review. We're still looking at a new contest to make up for the one that got blown up by opening day. We'll see how that works out. But in the meantime, check it out. Subscribe. We have a five-star review. If you have any feedback for the show, email us at TalkingHalos at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. In the meantime, we're out of here. We'll be back in a couple days to break down the whole plan, season rejection, whatever it is, whatever you want to say this whole thing was today, and more news across the league. We're out of here. We'll see you soon. control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed.